Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor, and professional wrestling fan. How are you doing? A little question at the top. I think that is a good question that we should just be asking everybody in any chance we get, whether it's online, whether it's, you know, passing by, walking on a street, seeing someone, just how are you doing? I think it is important to check in with everybody right now, everyone that we're connected with and just ask the simple question. It's amazing what can happen when you just ask someone, how are you doing? I had so many exchanges over the past week in my Instagram DMs of just real talk with people and that I've met in the hobby. And it's just amazing how when you take in an extra level and you just try to ask someone how they're doing, what can come out. And I think those types of conversations are needed more in the hobby than ever before and more in just this climate we're in than ever before. Um, wild year. Don't want to beat a dead horse. You got COVID. You got an election coming up or an election that will have already happened um, once this episode drops. And everything impacts everyone else differently. So I think that's just something important that I'm trying to be mindful of and trying to think uh, more about and just taking the perspective of it's not just about you, it's about everyone around you. Because if everyone around you wasn't here, then you'd be lonely and there you'd have no one to be bullshitting about sports cards with. So I think that is super, super important. I'm feeling just really optimistic in general. I'm feeling optimistic in life. Uh, it's been just a, a tough stretch and a, a, a tough year. Um, I was eating uh, sushi with my wife. We've got this badass sushi place. Thank God that opened up um, right by us that does, you know, call 20 minutes, sushi, pick up, crush at home. And We've just been dying for a good sushi spot. And this hap- this place popped up at the beginning of COVID. And, um, you know, we were sitting there eating sushi and just trying to enjoy our, our Friday night. And I just had this feeling rush over me. And I said, hey, I'm just feeling optimistic. I'm feeling optimistic about that things are going to move forward and we're all going to be in good a good spot. So I hope all of you can dig down deep and find that optimism. Um, and if, you, if, you're, if you first got to work on that, in life and you got to work on, you know, your mental state of mind in your own situation. And then if you get that straight, then you can start thinking about how you apply it um, in the hobby, in the sport card market. So those are just some words and some things I'm thinking about at the top. I had a hell of a, after I, we ate that sushi, I said, Hey babe, you know what? I don't know how this one has passed me by, but I'd love to watch the Andre the Giant documentary. HBO put together the ringer. It was on HBO. It was put together by the ringer, which um, shout out to The Ringer and all the content that they produced. She was game for it. And man, I got to tell you, I was literally in tears at the end of it. And Andre was just such a larger than life and mythical creature for me as a kid. Like the growing up and seeing him on TV was something else. It's I've always viewed him as a larger than life creature or human creature, whatever you want to call him. Um, but, you know, the the documentary does a really good job of talking about the man behind uh, Andre the Giant and just unbelievable story. I highly recommend everyone go check that out. Um, it is definitely something that um, even my wife just enjoyed it. She said that was really good, which was awesome. There's so many cameos in that and just it's – he's a legend. Um, Andre the Giant is a legend. And I think just we talk a lot about legends in sports and legends in the hobby. And Andre is certainly one. Um, died way too young, but that is a hell of a story. So definitely go check that out. I, I highly recommend it. And, you know, sports and uh, sports cards certainly has helped us get through this uh, period in this time. I can't imagine what 
I would have done without the NBA playoffs and football starting. And I know baseball just closed its doors. Um, had a chance to watch some of the World Series. Obviously, you know I'm not a huge baseball guy, but um, you know, electric moments, right? Mookie Betts crushing that ball. That you know, I had no attachment to the game, but like I felt something when when he he rocked that. So. Those are the types of things that we can just be thankful of right now that we've got sports and we've got sports cards um, during this period of time where we're trying to uh, maintain our sanity. Um, But that's just kind of top of mind for me. I have been, and it's looming, and it's kind of sneaking under the radar. I don't know if it's because football is in full force. There's some talk that's more directed on when NBA is going to start, I think, there was the early Christmas, but then NBA uh, Players Association kind of said, we're not down with that. So it'll be interesting to see how it all um, plays out. But the thing that is in place is NBA draft, and it looks like that date is set for November 18th. And I have, I'm always on top just in general with draft research because the NBA draft is just something I love to watch every year. So I want to make sure I understand all of the players that they're talking about and make sure that I understand the perspective of the teams and what they're saying around these players. I get caught up in it. I think, and that's that speculation is obviously something that can be applied to the hobby and why rookies drive the market is that there's always the speculation. And then I take it a layer deeper where then I say, okay, well, this is where my team, the Pacers are drafting. Here's Here are the guys that are rumored. Here's who I'd like. And then you wait for that moment when they draft the guy and they say his name and then you can react. I Just that moment. And this is where I got to just shut Twitter down. Just Twitter, log off, social media, log off, phone, a, a down because you know we got there's cable there's streaming services there's twitter and there's all these things and people are so quick to unveil when picks come in and so i don't want that spoiled i don't want that spoiled at all i just want to be listening to my man dave silver announce the pacers pick and then i want to just that moment before he says it when he has the card is just like i i'm all about that and i know you're all about that too in your team so i'm fired up for the draft to be coming up. It's going to be awesome. You know, people say, you know, it's a down draft. Okay, this is speculation, right? Let's wait until these players hit the court. I'll tell you what's not speculation is that the the price of prison basketball when it's released is going to be a monster set. It's going to be high no matter what, no matter what. So I think for me, I'm going to get caught up in the draft. I'm getting excited. I've already started to dig into players and dig into players who – the one thing like you don't want to get too caught up in right now is that you don't know their situation. You got to understand where these players that you might be doing research and studying and like, you, you got to understand where they're going first in order to begin to direct your activities. That's a piece of feedback that I have for everyone that is that let's get let's get down let's get our our face in the books let's read beat reporters let's l- get on message boards talk to the fans once the draft is over of of uh those those teams like all this stuff that is we're all connected by i think you just got to take action and then when you consume all of this information and you put that in with your own opinion and you remix it together then you really got a sound opinion on saying you know what it's these three guys that are in the draft this year that I'm I'm going after. So th- I, that is something that I'm spending a lot of time on recently, and I'm really excited about it. I love rookies, right? And so does the hobby. Excited about football, obviously. I mean, I didn't get a really big chance to talk about Kyler. I'm excited that Kyler gets to um, relax a little bit after that big moment of, of uh, beating Russ. Hopeful the Colts are getting some guys back. They will have played the Lions by the time this goes live. I'm hoping for a win. They've got a rough stretch ahead. They've got the Titans twice. They've got Green Bay. They've got Baltimore. So some tough games ahead. So I'm I'm very hopeful. Um, but I'm not going to let it get me down either way, right? You, you got to just enjoy sports, um, and, and that's what I think 
we try to do in the hobby is is just you know enjoy sports, see how it applies to the card market. I you know when I was having this moment of just trying to f- figure out like what I want to do, what makes me happy, like all of these thoughts and perspectives. Like this thought of just there's been this continued phrase of like buy what makes you happy, do what makes you happy, buy what makes you happy. And I think that's the right phrase. I think that, you know, if you hear that, that's something that you should you grab a hold on and you should if you're buying a bunch of crap you don't care about, then, you know, reset and, you know, buy what you like. And to me, like you got to you got to block out everything and you got to focus on yourself. And I had this moment where I was thinking about that and I feel comfortable with how I'm operating more than ever before. And I'm watching other people evolve around me. And just through some interactions, it got me, it triggered just this, just vivid memory, this vivid memory of 12 years ago when I was sitting at graduation from college I'll remember it vividly. I don't know how I remember that. The night before, my last night in uh, college, I don't think I went to bed until 5.30 in the morning after crushing some McDonald's breakfast. Might or might not have included uh, throwing lawn darts that were on fire across the street. <sighs> few few beers that night. Um, but I remember the the speech, and there's a moment in the speech, and this guy, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about finding happiness and how finding happiness needs to start from within. And he talked about um, having serenity of the past and optimism for the uh, future and the pursuit of something that we perceive to be meaningful. It allows us to be more creative and more tolerant of others and more accepting of diversity and how happiness is achievable uh, by almost everybody um, impact in, events can impact happiness, um, but it's less about the events and more about how we respond to those events. And it's a state of mind, and it's and it's, and it's an attitude. And it's happiness is found in just one place. And he mentioned happiness is an inside job. And I reflected on the speech, and that to me it is more prevalent than ever. Can be applied to just the hobby right now. It's like we are all freaking in control of our own goddamn destiny. We really are. We are in control of that. And this is something I am extremely passionate about and I think we all need to st- like we all need to not just like sit there and let it happen and come to us. We all need to be proactive and go find and do what makes us happy because if everybody is doing that around us like so much cool shit is going to pop up and so many creative ideas and thoughts are going to happen and so many amazing exchanges and interactions and creative ideas and innovations and thing that's going things that are going to push the hobby forward so in just one piece of feedback for everyone I do it too. So this is a bit, this is much to me too. It's like, let's stop like before, if we're going to start complaining and bitching about something that's happening around us, let's like put a little pause on that. And then let's focus on ourselves and say, Hey, am I happy in my current situation? And what can I work on? And thinking about yourself and what you can work on in your exchanges and what you're doing in the hobby first really can lead to some massive results and can lead to your own personal happiness. I'm buying into this shit. I really am. <laughs> I'm I'm picking up on little moments in time and interactions I'm having and I'm buying in. Like I'm a I'm a call me a sucker for this. But I think more time in the hobby has led to more happiness for me. It is I'm a I'm a just fiend for uh, opportunities where I get to adapt and flex. And the market has been freaking insane, right, from start to finish. But, like, adapting, like, it allows me to say, okay, well, like, you know what? Like, now is not a good time to buy basketball. And this is just – maybe it is a good time to buy basketball now. This is just hypothetical. Now is not a good time to buy basketball. So – um, you know, football's uncertain. So what am I going to focus on now? You know what? I want to dig into wrestling because I love wrestling cards. And so like, let me focus on that because no one else is. And let, let's let everything else play out. That is the type of thinking I think everyone should start doing or thinking about. And there's plenty of people doing it now, but that that's a state of mind that I think will lead to more happiness. It is for me, at least content. Like 
I think people pick and choose what you like and you continue to pick and choose what you like and you're entertained by and you are getting value from on a regular basis and that becomes your content stream. And you're sitting here with your headphones on listening to this on in a car. Maybe you're on a walk. Maybe you're doing yard work. Maybe you're running. Whatever you're doing, maybe, whatever you're doing, you're listening to Stacking Slabs. And I love that. And I, I, th- I thank you. Like, you don't know how much I appreciate what's happening with this show. You don't know how much I appreciate it. It is changing my perspective on happiness by the interactions and you listening to this show. And I thank you. You have, there's so many options, so much content. There's, there's um, podcasts, YouTube videos, there's articles, you name it. And you're taking some time to choose this show. I appreciate it. There's so many other shows too that you're listening to. I have shows that I listen to. I talk about all the time. I only have so much time. So I have these shows that I really like and I focus in on those as opposed to focusing in on the stuff and that I don't think is valuable. I don't think everybody can be saved. I was having some exchanges um, uh, about this with some hobby friends. People can't be saved. Like some people are like lazy. Most people are lazy straight up. It's just human nature and people are just going to go whatever is the easiest uh, thing to, to find that comes to them and then just going to take it and believe it. And that's happening. That happens in the hobby. And it's not our job to go save those people. Like, it isn't. Like, if we can help prevent um, jokers and manipulators in the market that are happening and expose them, we should be doing that. But we shouldn't be spending our time sitting there every day trying to figure out how we can save these people. That's, That's a waste of time. Again, it goes back to focusing in on yourself. People. There's so many people in the hobby, so many people that are amazing people that inspire me on a regular basis. We have the opportunity to pick and choose the people we want to connect and interact with in the hobby. And it's not, you got to like, I, I, I put a post on out about this. You got to think about this. It's not, everyone's going to be your friend from the jump. Not everyone's going to want to interact with you from the jump. You need to find ways to build rapport and build relationships with other and others in the hobby. And you typically, when you're trying to build rapport with someone, it's not about you. It, it, the best approach for that is making it about them, trying to be as helpful as possible. If you see someone in the hobby who's got a PC that is where you want to be, and you can you see their posts every day, and you see their activity – and you see that they are a, um, let's just say, you see they're a Russ Wilson collector, and you see that there's posts that they've had about a contender's Russ card, big ticket, uh, cracked eye, some Russ card that they've been looking for. You should, and you want to connect with that person, you should spend time trying to find that card and Start the conversation saying, hey, I found this card. I seen, I saw you've been posting this. I wanted to give you a heads up because I know you want this. That's how you start a conversation in the hobby. And if you do that, that way, you'll find and build more relationships and more friends. That's what I'm talking about. I, I, I think there's just so much opportunity there. And I'm leading with happiness because you got to focus in on yourself and find ways to be happy. We pick up our phones, we scroll through IG, and we're constantly in awe with these collectors. You're like, how did they have these cards? How do they keep this happening? How are they doing this? What's their situation and circumstances? What are they doing to get this? How much money do they have? The question I have to ask you, if you are trying to get to that level, is say, ask you is like, what are your goals? Like, what are your goals? Because I think there's opportunity for everybody, regardless of your financial situation, to move up the ladder and find cards you like. I got to plug this straight from the top and just a a guy that just is uh, a linchpin of the hobby, just gives back so much. And I've talked about him so much and he does so many great things. He actually, he's becoming a content machine. Uh, I got to shout out Adam, the real 27 guy, dropping two episodes last week. How about that? Um, But his episode, uh, his first episode in the week where he talks about 
how he got in the situation with the cards he has now and how he did it without spending his disposable income was powerful. The like stories in the hobby are powerful. More stories. That is a podcast episode that everybody in the hobby should be listening to and considering. And it's not, hey, go listen to Adam and go uh, buy a case of flawless basketball and wait and hope they appreciate then sell. Like, that's not what I'm telling you, but I'm saying the patience and the chances and the action and activity that Adam took to get in the situation he is in now with his cards is something that I believe isn't just an Adam thing. It can be an everyone thing. You just got to have discipline. So I'm going to give some tips on just at the end of the episode of ways that I've been thinking about it. And really, Adam's episode, this has been something I've been thinking about a lot. And it's part of my evolution of how I want to be, how how do I want to grow in the hobby and how do I want to continue to maximize my fun and get the cards that I want. And so I'm going to end this episode with some advice and some tips on that. I got to tell you something. I am freaking excited. It is Saturday. You can hear the excitement in my voice. I am sitting here with a box from PSA of a value ultra modern submission that I put in in May that is now in my possession. I'm looking at it. I have not opened this up yet, but I can't wait. And I did. I looked at the grades. If you're not a grade looker, how do you do this? I don't know. But for me, time is money. So I looked at the grades ahead of time because I wanted to start planning. I wanted to say, here are the cards I want to keep. Here's what I'm going to sell. And so that is what I am uh, excited to go and explore. I got to tell you, like, this was my first big bulk sub back in the hobby. And um, I did pretty well. 25 tens, 23 nines, one eight and one five. A fiver in there. I can't wait to look at that card. Um, But that's pretty cool. Like, I'm pumped about that. Um, I've got just so many subs still out there and they're all kind of coming back at the same time and advancing which is fun so I you know I I was on my pedestal and I still am on my pedestal about PSA and improvements that they improvements that they need to make but like you know it's once you have your cards back it's easier to like let off steam a little bit and I think it's really about building your model with PSA and that's something that I'm going to talk a little bit about more in the end but I am so excited so my approach with this is this will have already happened um, when this episode goes live but when I get these orders back I'm literally going to go live on IG and I'm just going to show off everything that's on there and I'm going to tell everyone I'm going to say hey in 24 hours I'm going to put these up on eBay here, this is what isn't for sale, which is very few on this order for sure. There's like a couple, I got to go back and look at it, but a few cards that I'm keeping. Most of it will be for sale. So I'll go live. I will uh, show off the cards and basically say, DM me if you want any of these. Um, I'm going to put these on eBay in 24 hours. Um, I'm going to be giving uh, giving away, you know, non-fee eBay prices to anybody who is following me and wants to connect and buy some of these cards. But I am super excited about it. So I want more of this to happen. And hopefully, based on my order history, there should be new subs coming in very, very soon. Um, All all I could think about, too, is um, is just when, when I'm doing these orders is like, how do I do this in a way that keeps these orders coming in once a month? And I think it's just having discipline to continue to sub. This is going to be a big topic because I'm getting these cards back and I have more more things to talk about. And I just think that is uh, something that's top of mind for me. Uh, my computer's making noises. Why am I getting freaking work emails on a Saturday? Oh boy, it's rough out here. I'm trying to enjoy my Saturday in the hobby work. Chill out. One story, I, speaking of subbing, one story I did see on uh, Twitter, which is a little bit alarming, it seems to me that 
especially in listening to the crossover last night. Shout out, Josh. Shout out, Chris. They're becoming weekly uh, plugs just because I love what they're doing. But they talked about BGS. They talked about just BGS. They're like I've experienced this. Their operations, communication, everything about BGS is down right now. It is down, and it start. You need to start thinking like is it is like is BGS going? It's it feels like a dying brand. That was my comment in the chat. It feels like a dying brand because this these are the signals and the things that happen. I don't think it's time, and this is what Chris and Josh were saying. Chris especially said. I don't think it's time to run for the hills. And Josh said this, run for the hills and like sell off or crack out all your BGS cards and put them into PSA slabs. But I think we all need to be cautious right now. I just bought, I just landed a a PSA or BGS card this week. I will continue to buy BGS cards on eBay based on price point and in the card itself. But I will tell you, I am not interested in subbing with BGS right now because I have no visibility into anything. At least with PSA, there's a tracker. The tracker might not move, but there's a tracker. With BGS, it is just a black hole. There is a user on Twitter, at Matt A. Hertz, um, and he posted a just horror story of BGS. And I'm sharing this just to bring awareness to the situation and to let everyone know this is the type of stuff that customers are dealing with. He uh, sent in and spent, I think he said $600 to get it back like as quick as possible. He got a Jason Dominguez uh, dope, exquisite auto with a uh, glove patch on it. Really cool looking card, especially for, you know, non-licensed product. Really cool card. He sent this in. And he got it back. And when he got it back, they did not grade it because they said the patch looks suspect, which he pulled directly from a a pack of exquisite. Um, And not only that, the card was destroyed. Like the corners at the top of the back of the card were just demolished. And now he's left in the situation being like, what, what's going on? Like, I spent, I'm out like a thousand dollars now and my card is dinged up because of BGS. Like that is bad. That is like, that is like, that's not good. So that is something that like, I'm not here to like patrol the hobby. However, when I, and I've told my, my friends in the hobby this, I said, if stuff's happening with scammers and, uh, stuff like this, I'm like not going to go and like be the Larry King of the hobby and go interview a bunch of people about it, but I am going to talk about it like this and bring awareness. So that's something everyone should be taking note of. Like go check out his posts so you can get the full story, but just not good. Let's turn it on to a little bit of a positive note. And a positive note for me has been my reconnection and reinvigoration with my man, Sekou Demboye. I talked about last week on the show about you know, maybe I'm infatuated by this draft class, and I'm, and I know I've been talking about how only so many guys in the draft class are relevant. But also, I'm obsessed with speculation, and that this is a role in the hobby that I I, I it's not it's not all I want to do, but it's a piece of what I want to do. And you know, the more I was thinking about it, I was evaluating Kobe White cards. I was like, you know what? There's so much uncertainty with this kid's situation. Not yes, they do have Billy Donovan, and I think that's going to do good things for him. But there's this conversation around him not being the point guard and them bringing, drafting a point guard because there's point guards at the top where um, he'll be, uh, well, they'll be picking and how he might be a two. And man, he's an undersized two. So does that translate? And so I just was like, you know, fuck it. Like, I'm, I am, I am, I am done. Like, speculate. That's, this is too much speculation for me. I'm already speculating my ass off on one dude, and that's Sekou Demboye. And I've just a stack of prisms, nice stuff, silvers. And I like, I'm like, I'm attached to this kid because I've done so much research, investigation on him. And I said to myself, all I've got is prisms of this guy. Like, let me go get some cool cards because, like, what happens? Like, if he pops, like, I think he's going to pop. 
And, I, and, and the level of pop, that's what we're looking at, right? Like, he's going to be in a situation where the Pistons are like, they've got they got to get rid of some guys. If Blake Griffin's still there, is he not there? Like, they're, they're situ- their team's in flux. The one thing, though, that they have of the most value is this, the upside of Sekou Boye, and the Pistons will flex into that. So, in terms of, like, going into next season and in terms of, like, a player who is in a fan fantastic situation to show what he can do he's one of the top guys like who's not already established like who's not already a starter who's not already named Ja, who's not already named you know tyler hero um zion right i love this like situation that he's in and i just love everything about this kid so i said to myself like you know what? it's like this could turn out where it pops at a level where it's like you know what? I'm going to sell and get my returns on some of this stuff that the hobby loves, like Prism Silvers. But I have an attachment to this kid, so now I've got some of his cool shit and his cool cards. And so that is kind of my mindset with him. And so, like, instead of, like, casting a wide net with other rookies and starting from scratch, I was like, let me just build off of what I've already started. So this is why I love having this platform and people knowing I'm a Seku guy put a post on my IG story saying, Hey, who's got the cracked ice out there. And by the way, this is a, this is a message to everyone out there listening to stacking slabs. Who's got the Seku cracked ice, uh, uh, contenders. Who's got it. I'm not looking, not, not optic contenders. I'm looking for the contenders. Let me know. But I put a post. I said, who's got some cool Seku cards. I got a, uh, a response from someone with a list and something that I'm saying that I'm all about is the gold. Baby, give me the gold. I'm going to shout out this seller once the, the card lands, but I put a purchase on a PSA 10, Seku Dimboye Select Phenomenon, gold, 10 out of 10. And boy, this card is beautiful. He is get, like the action shot of him yoking in that background with just the gold. Can't wait to have it in hand. But that's why I love love the hobby. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm focusing more energy on getting some cool uh, Seiku cards. If you got that cracked ice, holla at your boy. Wrestling cards. I This is where my fun is right now, everybody. This is where I'm having the most fun. So I spent time... Putting, I talked about my vintage wrestling card collection haul. I put, I spent two hours during th- basically the the entirety of Thursday night football. I and by the way, it it was okay, but like it was the Falcons did win that game. Um, nice to see that, but I gotta say, I, I wish I got I got fourteen points. I was wishing I got a little more about out of Teddy Bridgewater. He gave me 14 points. He did get take a nasty lick. I had to start Teddy Bridgewater this year. I like or this week. I liked the matchup. I thought I was going to get a little more. I got Kyler on by. I'm 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 playing uh, Andy Sports Card Investigator this week. I needed a little. He's got a he's got a beast of a team. So we'll we'll see. I'll report back on who won between Andy and I this week. Um, but anyways, I spent this entire game putting this sub together. And this is going to be a mon- this is like a 200, 250 card sub of wrestling cards. I love it. But I would this 82, 83 wrestling all star set. This is the most important set of wrestling cards that exists. I had more fun in my life putting these babies in card savers and reading the backs of each of these cards. It is a story of legends before they're legends in most cases. And this is uh, just. This set is f- amazing. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, you don't need to go start off and go buy Hogan, Andre, or Flair, the expensive stuff. Like, there's Kurt Henning, there's Jake Roberts, there's Tully Blanchard. There's it's there it's it's the 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 roster is endless, and the backs of the cards all tell stories about these guys that are of legend or about to be legend, and it is a beautiful set. I am so excited to send those babies away to PSA. I'm going to wait six months. It'll probably take six months. But you know what my mindset is? Most of the stuff I'm collecting, right? So that's going to be in my collection. But there's going to be a lot of opportunities to sell because the margins between a lot of wrestling raw cards and their slab stuff is great. 
And that's another reason to love wrestling cards. And I got to plug Mike, my man, Wax Pack Hero. He had an interview with another of my hobby buddies, Zan Morning, Wrestling with Cards. It was a great interview, and it's great to hear more awareness in the hobby around wrestling cards. Go check that episode out. I'm not going to shut up about wrestling cards. I am... I am a fan as much of vintage stuff. I am a fan of some of the modern stuff. And in my, not some, I like the modern, the modern nice stuff, right? I broke undisputed. I'm looking at transcendent cards. I have the mentality of if there are legends within these sets and they've got serial numbered autos, like that is something, that is a piece that I want to get graded and I want to have with me for a long time. So that's my mentality. I think there's so many opportunities with modern wrestling cards too. Um, it's just you got to be very thoughtful. I've talked about the women. I One option and opportunity, I talked about Becky Lynch. I've been on a char, Charlotte, uh, tear, Charlotte Flair tear. There we go. And I've been just looking at her cards, and I, I've made a couple purchases. So uh, one purchase that I made uh, was – and this is not typically a card I'd be pursuing, but the the scarcity of it and the grade is what got me in. I bought her 2017 Topps WWE Women's Division Matte Relics Gold BGS Pristine 10. This is card three of 10. Give me the gold. I'm all about the gold. I bought this card. First 10 I own, Pristine from, from Beckett. I bought a PSA 10 2016 Tops WWE NXT call-up Charlotte Flair. Uh, God, I'm looking at the listing right now. It is uh, another 10 out of 10. This card's money. I'm looking at it on eBay. Uh, I hate this, by the way. eBay one of one. Jeez, that's a pet peeve of mine. But uh, I'm excited to get that one. So I'm on this pursuit. I think there's just tons of opportunities with wrestling cards. As a matter of fact, Tops is releasing Chrome for the first time in five years. Chrome drops this Friday. I bought two hobby boxes. I am fired up. I'm going to rip those on IG Live so I can continue to build awareness for wrestling cards and what's happening. So be on the lookout for more communications on that. Shout out, Starstocks. You already know Starstock is a platform that I'm enjoying and loving. I was spending some time digging in, and I know I've talked a lot about Starstock from a uh, raw cards perspective and selling raw cards, but there is a ton of slabs on there too, and as stacking slabs, that's something that is top of mind for me. So I think just there's a great option and great opportunity for an alternative outside of eBay. And obviously, I'm a big fan of just their communication and what they're doing. Just logging into the platform, it's just you can see updates happening on a regular basis. They get back to you. I love it. So if you're signing up, good way to support the show. Use promo code SLABS. Enjoy Starstock. Enjoy Starstock on Football Sunday. That's where a lot of action and activity is happening. Card Ladder, shout out. Definitely excited to be partnering with them www.tinyurl.com backslash stacking slabs. Another great way to support the show. Why I love Card Ladder is because it continues to evolve and grow. It is like one thing I got caught up in this week was the articles. And the articles are, I love uh, reading written copy. And there's just some really good perspective on there. So make sure if you're looking for like a full holistic platform for tracking your uh personal collection, looking at what's happening in the hobby from a sales perspective, um, just seeing cool freaking cards and what's going on with them, like card ladder rules and just the content on card ladder couldn't be better. So make sure you're checking that out. I got to tell you here, I am in the process of working with some creativity and I'm excited to uh, to share what's what's coming ahead, but there might or might not be some stacking slabs uh, gear on the horizon. There might or might not be some stacking slabs gear on the horizon. That is, I'll leave it at that, but I've been having some really cool conversations with some very, very creative people about things that they're doing in the hobby that all of you will want to know about, trust me, and 
stacking slabs looks like it's going to be a part of this. So more to come. You'll hear it here first, but excited to get everyone geared up with some slabs gear. Um, again, it's just going to be another good way to support the show. Got to shout out my man, Yam Wax, one of the really good dudes in the hobby. I was uh, done in the middle of meetings this week, and I jumped on Instagram and just saw he posted a live video where he's got this incredible setup. Love the production. Uh, go follow Yam Wax at Yam Wax on Twitter and Instagram. But he went through tennis cards and like these vintage tennis cards and was talking about it. I like have no connection with tennis, but I love the hobby and just listening to him explain what these cards were, the value, the sets, like I was caught up. It was 15 minutes of just awesome freaking content. And Yamwax brings an awesome perspective about a lot of stuff that is like, you know, not a ton of people are talking about. So I love what Yamwax is doing. A really good dude. So make sure you go check him out. You know, it's time for some wrestling chatter. You know, that's that's what I got to do. It's part of what Stacking Slabs is all about. I got to just shout out last week. There's just so much good, like actual in-ring wrestling happening, which is totally awesome. On the Dynamite side, going into full gear, you know, you had... A great opening match between Adam Hangman Page and Wardlow. Fan-freaking-tastic, just brutal match. I loved it. And then you had Pentagon versus uh, Kenny Omega in the main event. Unreal freaking match. Best bout machine going over. Just leading to full gear in this inevitable showdown between Adam Hangman Page and the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. Can't freaking wait. We're getting Jericho MJF for a shot at uh, MJF trying to get into the inner circle if he wins. Tag team freaking wrestling, y'all. The Young Bucks versus FTR. The match we've all been waiting for is happening next Saturday. I am fired up about what is happening. Cody and Darby Allen. Jesus, the card is juice, baby. The card is loaded. Huh. I'm so excited for AEW, so go check out AEW Dynamite tonight. It's your chance to get fired up if you want to check out Full Gear, the pay-per-view that's going to be on Saturday. Got to give love to Halloween Havoc this past week on the NXT side. Just different, and I loved I loved different stuff, and it was different, very creative. There was some stuff in there that you're like, what is this? But it, it, it was just a, a, a great, different presentation. Great music. I just, I had a blast watching it. There was just some amazing stuff. Again, the opener, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. It was awesome, like awesome match. Um, and then you had, in the main event, you had Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai, which became a TL, I can't remember what they called it, uh, uh, tables, ladders, and scare match with the Halloween. That's what it was. Just a banger. So just very, very excited about um, what's happening on the wrestling front. And just talking about WWE proper in general, right? They're building towards Survivor Series. It's incredible that a year ago I was in Chicago at Survivor Series. It was wild that that was happening a year ago. You had Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. You um, had an amazing uh, uh, amazing Survivor Series brand matchup. You had the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. You had a triple threat women's match with Becky, uh, Shayna Baszler, and uh, Bailey to close out the show. It's amazing that was a year ago, and now they're building towards Survivor Series now. So I'm always a fan of Survivor Series. It's The Undertaker show to me. It looks like The Undertaker, who is a legend, is going to have some sort of involvement because he's on the poster. Wrestling, everybody. I love it. I wanted to take a moment here to talk about some observations on the football front. You heard, by the way, thank you everyone for your feedback on the Lefko episode. So overwhelmed. Thank you so much. I thought it was fun too. Great guy, Lefko. Shout out, brother. Like that was fun chopping it up. Inevitably, I think we both came to the same conclusion that we thought that the football market was going to operate a little bit more like fantasy football. We were wrong. That's fine. It's it's like the hype period was before, and then now it's interesting to look at some of the cards and what is happening. One thing that like I wanted to do was share some perspective of how I am looking at the current football market from the quarterback position because 
we all know quarterbacks run this market, and that's true, right? You're seeing, though, guys like DK Metcalf's legend being built. His card prices are freaking off the charts. And this is happening in pockets. It's not just quarterbacks, but quarterbacks are the majority. So I think, like, if you put your investor hat on and want to think about, like, oh, well, like, based on what's happening right now with football – what are some things I can be thinking and one things are that I could be doing? And this is not for you to say, okay, this is what Brett just said. This is what I'm going to do. What I'm doing here is trying to let you in on the process and the mindset I have because I don't like to get beat, everyone. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I might be getting my butt beat in the Star Stock contest, and that's a different story. And I've talked about just man, I'm in a hole, and it's just it's it's hard out here. I bought a, I bought, I spent my five hundred dollars during the hype period. It's hard to get out of that. But like football in general, like I love it, so I'm trying to have as much fun as possible. So like, here's a little exercise. I took a subset of quarterbacks in the AFC. I just took the AFC just because I, I, we would be here forever if I was talking about every quarterback. And I wanted to go down. I used card ladder as a reference point to look over the last three months, what are their cards doing? How many sales were there? Where are their card prices are? Are they up or they're down? Then synthesize this data and say, this is what I would be doing. Again, this isn't an, this is more of a hypothetical, but it might be a, like a hypothetical, but it also um, there might be some action that I'm taking based on this exercise. So again, this isn't saying go do this, but this is saying this is a good way to look at it. So Pat Mahomes, 93 and, and here's another reference point. This is talking about all of their base, which in Mahomes case is actually a silver two. Their base PSA ten Prism rookies, if they, if they, in some cases, which David Carr and I think Cam Newton are the other one, we're talking about their Chrome rookies. So AFC quarterbacks, and by the way, I know some of you will listen to this and be like, "Why didn't he mention Ryan Tannehill?" That's because Ryan Tannehill wasn't in the wasn't in card ladder, and it just that maybe like I don't know what sales are happening, but. Card ladder team, maybe there's an opportunity to get Ryan Tannehill in there. I know some people have a little buzz because he's playing well. And no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. But I hope the Colts beat him both times they play him. Okay, so Pat Mahomes, 93 sales of his rookie PSA 10. It is. I was shocked. I was shocked at this. His card, which I just always thought was at 7, 7K, was down to... $5,170 at the time of this recording, down 31%, okay? Gardner Minshew, 158 sales in the last three months, $45, down 68%. I'm going to go down the list of guys down first, and then I'm going to do guys up. Cam Newton, four sales of his Chrome PSA 10, $405, down 49%. God, like, can you imagine if you bought that card for 840 Freaking dollars last month. Huh. All right. Sam Darnold, 174 sales of the Sam Darnold PSA 10 Prism card. $69, down 57%. Drew Locke, and I will go I, go look back in the stacking slab scribes. I and I don't I don't ever like to pat myself on the back. And I hope I it's not over for this kid. But the kid, like, he's not great in the cold and he plays on Denver. Lefko was talking about this on the pod. I was talking about way before the season how he was the most overhyped, most overpriced guy in the hobby. And this is coming to fruition. 253 freaking sales. 253 sales. That is a ton in the last three months. $145, down 58%. Lamar Jackson, 123 sales, $1,052, $1,052, down 64% on Lamar. Baker Mayfield, 172 sales, $163, down 45%. Phillip Rivers Chrome, uh, uh, Chrome, nine sales, I own this card, $369, down 11%. So minimal dip for old, 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 old Phil 
Shout out Phil Rivers. Please stay with us. You had a hell of a game against uh, that comeback was legendary against uh, Baltimore, or excuse me, against Cincinnati. Stay with us, brother. More of that. Deshaun Jackson, 170 sales, $338, down 51%. Now in the AFC, three guys that are up on in the last three months. Josh Allen, 183 sales, $439, up 18%. How about this one? Derek Carr, 119 sales, $84, up 75%. That's crazy. Like, you could get that card for literally nothing. So it's it's, that's, it's easy to see why it went up. Big Ben, who, this is justified. He, he, their sealers are crushing, right? Eight sales, $935, up 53%. So... I know there was a lot of doubt on Big Ben going into the season, but man, he like he's justifying his uh, you know Hall of Fame career. He's on his team's really freaking good, and if you bought in three months ago on Ben Roethlisberger, now you'd be sitting really, really pretty. So, my thoughts in looking at this data is that there's a couple things here. I think like one. A lot of this price, these prices are down, not necessarily because of performance. Like Pat Mahomes, man, he's like the man, right? But he's down because a lot of people were buying up, people were speculating, and there was no betting or fantasy happening. Um, cards aren't performing like fantasy football, like people thought, me myself included, they were. People pick and choose what they want to put their money into, and people only have so much disposable income. So some of that money is going to sports betting. Some of that money is going to uh, DFS and fantasy. And less of it is, there's a period where it was just sports cards. So that's part of the reason for some of the dip. I think like on the upside, like, I don't know, you got, you got to go check out this video by Vegas, Dave, like check out his David, uh, Derek Carr video. Um, if I said David Carr earlier, apologies. I, I I get the brothers mixed up sometimes. It's easy to do. Even though one... By the way, I just thought of this, man. The David Carr experience in Houston where he had no offensive line and he just got crushed every game. Like, there's a situation in New York with Sam Darnold that it's, 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 it's damn near copycat. But go check out Vegas Day's video on, on, on Carr's what he's doing with car. I don't know if I buy into this stuff, but the video is entertaining. It's on his IG. Um, but like for me in reaction to this data and cards, mostly going down, some going up very few, I said to myself, like, okay, with this data, like what, what would I do? Like if I was a sports card investor, if I was putting my investor hat on, like where's my head at? I think my head's at in a couple places, two specific, eh, three specific guys based on all of this data, two of which are more high dollar, one of which isn't. Two are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So if Patrick Mahomes card is down 2K, that might be a good time to buy the card, right? The Chiefs were preseason at plus 600 to win the Super Bowl. Now they're at plus 400. So if his card is down and you've got the money and you think the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl or have a run, now might be a good time for it. Lamar Jackson might even be more more of an opportunity. Down 64%. Ravens were plus 650 preseason odds to win the Super Bowl. Now they're plus 550. His card is down 64%. I know his game hasn't been as flashy as it was, but like, that might be a good time to buy Lamar Jackson. If you got the money and you you you, you want to take some risks, one of the this for me probably number one like because if I am like I don't know there's I'm there's like if I am investing, it's that's a lot of a lot of money to play with, uh, even though those guys are really really good. So like I haven't gotten quite there and being like I'm gonna invest thousands of dollars on someone and hope like that's just a big bet. And I think there's still a little of uncertainty on football cards. But I do think if like Baltimore and the Chiefs, they're both ripe for a run, like those cards are going to go up. They just will. But one situation that I like that is more long-term 
and it's based on his own situation is Sam Darnold, right? It seems crazy right now because of his situation in the Jets. I think this kid can play, okay? I think he can play. And I think I don't think that they're going to trade him this year because that exposes the Jets to risk. If the Jets won a couple, three, two games at the end of the season, maybe they're not in the number one spot. It's hard seeing them not be in the number one spot. But if they were, then they'd lose out on Trevor Lawrence. I think the most likely scenario is the Jets win maybe a game because um, every blind squirrel finds a nut at some point. But maybe they win a, a, a game they're the or they don't and because they're really, really bad. And they get the number one pick, and they draft Trevor Lawrence, and then they will be basically forced to trade Sam Darnold. Now, if you think Sam Darnold can play, I think Sam Darnold can play. I think it's like a Steve Young situation, okay? <laughs> like That's all I keep thinking about with Sam Darnold. Um, not everyone can be Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and just walk into the worst team in the league or whatever and go win Super Bowls. Like that's like atypical. What's more typical is that a guy, a quarterback, gets put into a situation that it, where a team builds around him, and this happens over time. I think Sam Darnold has the opportunity to go somewhere that's got a semi or established team and make some headway. Think about this. Think of, and I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying, think about this. Let's say Philip Rivers retires at the end of this year. There's a vacancy. Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. Jacob Eason is there for the Colts. But, you know, is he is as a third stringer to be a starter next year? Is he ready? Probably not. Sam Darnold becomes available for trade. The Colts, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Some weapons, young talent, really good defense, quarterback whisperer in Frank Wright as a head coach. What do you think Sam Darnold looks like wearing Colts blue in that situation as opposed to the current situation he is in? All right, you track back and you say, okay, Sam Darnold's cards right now are at their floor potentially. 69 bucks for a... PSA 10 Prism Sam Darnold card, you buy that card not looking at him in his current situation, but looking at him in the future. So that's how I think we all should be looking at football cards in the football card market right now. I told you I'd close out. Whoo, chugging along here. Tips to level up your game. Do the work. Put your sales hat on, okay? So we're seeing all these cards. We're like, how do these guys have all these cards? These cards are awesome. Here's just some tips of, of advice and things that I'm thinking about. I think you always need to be subbing to move up. I think it can be different strategies. They're both, they both come with risk. Ripping packs and subbing. Buying singles online and subbing. Both have risk, right? But I think you should always be getting raw cards and subbing them because the margins are just really nice if you know what you're doing. I think that collection buying is is something that should be talked about more. I bought that collection of vintage wrestling cards and I was doing the math on the current market and if these cards came out at certain grades and it is there's there there is a ton of opportunity in collection buying. Some people just like need to offload their stuff. And I think the more connections we can make in the hobby to build relationships and understand, like the the uh, the collection I bought, that was an existing relationship. And so that led to me buying that collection. But I think this is something that should be happening every month. And if it happens every month, there's and you get those cards back and you can be patient, there's an opportunity to get a 4 and 5x return on these cards. Like, And that's a way you get capital where then you can invest back into your subbing and you can invest back into getting real cool cards resetting it's the buzz but resetting gets you capital consolidating it's the buzz but consolidating gets you capital so i think taking risks and um big thing is just taking risks and being patient with your operation subbing is a big part of this for me 
I'm spending more time focusing in on this. I'm trying to be patient and mindful of the patients and getting my situation running. The people, There's so many people on Instagram that are doing this and I can be like, I get what you're doing. I want to do that too. So I think if you're looking to level up your cards that you have in your collection and you just don't want the same cards everyone else has because who wants that? It's not fun. Um, think about subbing all the time. Think about consolidating. Uh, think about opportunities that can get you capital so you can start your program. I think taking risks and being patient is really important. Look at what I'm doing with Seku. I hope you like what you heard. Follow Stacking Slabs across all social channels. Hit that damn subscribe button. Leave a review. Tell your friends, most importantly. I'm having a blast doing this. Hopefully you're having a blast listening. Thank you all for being part of the Stacking Slabs family. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Have a good rest of your freaking week and talk to you soon. Peace.